Greetings and welcome to the Men of Sorrows Finding Joy podcast, where we all take the long walk home together, mourning and grieving together, finding joy in the hope of eternal life and the promises of Jesus. Today, I am very excited to share an interview that I had and a talk with friends of mine. I've known them especially Bill, for quite some time and had met Steve recently. They are the founders of X-22 Ministries, and X-22 Ministries is dedicated to helping veterans, first responders, deal with their post-traumatic stress disorder. It's X-22 Adventures, and I'll let them tell you all about it. They're fishermen out on Lake Okeechobee, and they seem to have a blast with it. And their stories are, their stories are good, good stories to listen to. I will put their information in the show notes, and I do have a something that I want to say at the end of the show, just to clarify. Um, the grace and beauty and mercy and goodness of God that we declare here on our show. The good news, the evangel, the gospel, that really is the good news that sin and death have been defeated. So we're going to jump right into the interview with Bill and Steve, and you'll learn all about X-22 Ministries, as well as the other ministries that are mentioned. Everything will be in the show notes Thank you for listening in and enjoy these gentlemen. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Bill Som. I am um, I'm I'm 63 years old. Born in 1958. I lived in a small town in Ohio um, on a farm. And and I had told Bill earlier today that I learned early about death. Um, it uh, chickens don't didn't, never understood that they were dead. Just ran around the yard after you cut their head off, and uh, uh, which was really freaked you out as a kid. But that was probably my first experience with death. Was was because we ate, we had like fifteen hundred land hens, and um, so we ate chicken a lot. But um, as I grew up, around age eight, my dog got hit and killed. And with muscle reflex, uh, when we found it, it was still moving. It had just got hit. And, uh, oh, I was screaming at my mom, trying to get her to fix it because it was still moving. Um, and I learned from that. And then at age roughly 14, 15 years old, an uncle of mine, uh, my favorite aunt's husband, was taken out back of his store and executed by the people who were robbing the store. And that was my first experience with personal death, somebody in my family. And um, my aunt had me, asked me to uh, speak at the funeral. And so I used Job where the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. I still had earth, no earthly understanding of any of this. Finally, in... Um, 1981, I had failed as a husband. My dad trying to shake me up, trying to get me to uh, realize that that marriage was an important thing. Told me that 
uh, in, in his best way, he, he didn't, you know, he's winging it too. In his best way, told me, you know, as some men don't divorce and, um, you know, you're kind of like the black sheep of the family. And so I stuck a 357 in my mouth and pulled the trigger. And God had had family members remove the bullets and put it back where it was, which makes no sense. I mean, yes, I could have reloaded it, this, that, and the other, but God knew exactly what he was doing. And I wept and I realized what I would have done to my family. I, I do recognize suicide for, for myself as uh, in 1985, I became a police officer and I saw it many times. So I do recognize suicide as a, as a selfish act. It's, it's, it's our way of getting out of the stuff that we have to deal with. Ultimately, you deal with it, either you're angry or you're happy. Either you're, you either have joy or you have hatred. The, the only thing that I've found that, that gives me joy is Jesus Christ, is to recognize that he loves me right where I am. It was okay that I did that. It brought me forward. It brought me to a different understanding of life and, and death and the sorrow that comes along with loss. I had a, a dog, my wife's dog, got killed out here on the street in front of the house. And it took me three years of grieving to deal with that because she was with me at the time. I was grabbing for the dog that we have now and and couldn't couldn't take care of both at the same time. Had to do one or the other. And I can't imagine a family member, Bill. I honestly I, I can't imagine what you went through. Yeah. How how old were you when you tried to take your life? How old was I? Yeah. Would have been nineteen eighty one. Let's see. Um uh would have been twenty three, twenty four. Twenty and you were still you were up in um Ohio. I was here. I was you actually were... here in Okeechobee. When living did you move in to my, Okeechobee? living in my sister's house. It was I had gotten divorced from my first wife. And divorce brings grief and grief and mourning all its own. You have to grieve. I mean, that's that's a death. That's a big loss. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, uh, let's be real. The, the reality is, and I learned it later, and I now deal with men. Tonight's our men's group here at the house, but men's fellowship. But um, I, I realize now that my wife, Vicki, was the other half of me. Mm-hmm. God had put these two together. Yeah. And as humans, we simply walk away and act like we'll be okay. You yeah. Know, it'll be it's fine. A, it's a pulling apart. All That's right, right. We'll, come back, we'll come back to some of that. I wanted to hear, um, just hear from Steve, a little brief overview to his life and how he got to and his, his acquaintance with the grief and loss. <laughs> with, 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 with. Yeah, um, my name's that Steve Cohn. Uh, born and raised right here in the great state of Florida. <laughs> uh, grew up in Crystal River on the West Coast, and well, until I was 18, and then we moved to Okeechobee. And have been here off and on ever since. I've moved away three times, four, four times now, and back the fifth. I'm not going to say I'm never moving away again, but... <laughs> with the company being here 
uh, our home base, that kind of says I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> I am 52. Uh, I am medically retired from the United States Air Force and medically retired from Martin County Fire Rescue here in uh, Florida. I've been married, talking about marriage, uh, <laughs> three times. I was introduced to suicide at the age of five. My uncle, uh, my dad's youngest brother, spent a year in Vietnam and the end of it. Uh, he never fired his weapon one time in combat. He was a backup unit, except his backup unit got shelled three times, four times a week, and they were losing guys left and right. My uncle couldn't take it no more, went to his first sergeant and asked for asking for help. Say, hey, I need to talk, talk to somebody. And his first sergeant was absolutely doped up on heroin. And so my uncle decided, well, if they aren't going to do it, my officers are doing it, then I might as well do it myself. Well, he started, and as far as I know, it was cocaine. I, I don't, I'm not 100%, but I know there was, there was illicit drugs involved. He comes back in 74. He's staying at my grandparents' house. And one day he walking out the front door and my grandfather asked him what he was doing. He said, well, I'm cleaning a pistol. And he goes, okay, you got any bullets? No. Let me see. He actually, I mean, this is, this is the story I've been told. And so he goes, okay. So he goes out on the front porch and the door slams. And less than five seconds later, he, they hear boom. My grandfather opens up the door just in time to catch him when he fell. Um, his body actually survived for another six hours. My father was actually, we were, in Chris, we were living in Crystal River, and it was this happened in Thomasville, Georgia. At the time, that was a three-hour drive, and my dad was at work when all this went down. And so it was, I mean, it was wham, bam, boom. And next thing I know, I'm being left at the neighbor's house, and they're hauling ass to Georgia. I don't know why at that moment. Um, and my dad tells me later on that he got there in time to say his goodbyes. His body was actually still surviving with he shot him in the in the head and he survived for six hours. Um, long enough for my dad to get there and say his goodbyes. So that was the first suicide I was introduced to at the age of five. And then we had another relative at the age of 11. And it's so it. Yeah. Yes, I've known about it forever and a day. And of course, growing up in the Southern Baptist church, as they say, suicide is the ultimate sin and you're going to hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's how that's how I believe for many, yeah. many, 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 many years. Yeah. And so when I was going to do the ultimate deed, December 26, 2016, it was 357.2, except there was a bullet in mine. I knew there was because I put it in there myself, brand new. I put it to my head, pulled the trigger, it goes click. <clears throat> it's like, well, okay, you're talking about the ultimate rush of, oh, shits, excuse my French. It's, I was like, okay, what's going on? It's done. I take the bullet out, look at it, and the firing cap, deep indentation. Bill's heard this story a thousand times. I put it back in a pistol, close it up to where it 
pull the hammer back, it gets into the chamber. When I do that, I point it at the ground, pull the trigger, and it goes boom. So when that happened, it was like I got hit with the biggest bolt of lightning, electricity, whatever you want to call it. And Holy Spirit, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, because I knew at that moment right then and there, I was kept here for a reason. And the crazy thing is that was December of 16. And the following year, I was actually farther down than I was in 16 to November, 2017. I was homeless on the streets of Lansing, Michigan. So you were homeless a year after the attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From November of 2017 to July of 2018. Hard to believe that trying to commit suicide is not the bottom. Yeah. You know, I, and I want to ask both of you, like both of you had a similar experience where it did not happen. But do you remember what you were thinking or feeling immediately after the gun went click and it didn't work? For me, a- yeah. It was, like I said, when it happened, it was, I got hit with the first, when it went click, it was like the biggest dump of adrenaline I've ever had. Um, And I've had many times adrenaline rushes from from the military to, I mean, literally watching a helicopter fall out of the sky, knowing that I'm fixing to go there and start picking up bodies. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, I don't want to call that a rush, but it, it kind of is. That's, I mean, it my whole in, life yeah. was about saving people. I went from being in the military, protecting the country to protecting my community as a firefighter. And again, the suicides, like Bill said, I have been on many of them. I guarantee it. I know one that Bill has been on that I was on. It was on Southwest Third Avenue. Nineteen. He's guessing. Uh, Nineteen ninety. No, nineteen. <laughs> no, it was nineteen ninety-six. Reason why I say that is because I was working for Martin County at the time, and. I had been there a little over a year, so I got hired December of 94. Boom. So somewhere in 96. Anyhow, I was coming down the street, and here comes rescue. Lieutenant in the rescue, he's pointing at me, telling me to come help them. And it's like, okay. um, Apparently, they were shorthanded. And they were. And we get there and he looks at me, he says, grab this bag, that bag. And we go in the house and it's like, okay, well, shit. <laughs> we got a heartbeat and the guy put a 44 to his head. <laughs> wow, <laughs> and yeah. we got a heartbeat. Yeah. So with that being uh. said, we had to work this guy. No, knowing dang good and well that there isn't thing we can do about it. And again, at that time, I'm thinking in my head, this poor soul just took his own life, and now he's going to spend eternity in hell. If he, yeah. and, and at sure, that, time, that was thinking, our okay. belief. And, yeah. Right. And, and I thought that for many years for my uncle. And, I mean, since then, I've my ex-wife, her grandmother, 
um, she wanted to commit suicide so bad that she shot herself twice. Yeah. She first yeah. time she put it up here in the shoulder and pulled the trigger. It goes through her shoulder and out the back and she apparently and then she put one right there second time. Right and in her like, heart. She really wanted to kill herself right in the heart. Very seldom do you have somebody that pulls a trigger, it goes off, it's a miss, and they actually pull the trigger a second time. Try again, yeah. <laughs> I no. mean, that's that's absolutely, absolutely wanting to be gone. Because like I said, I think... for me, when it went click, it, it's it, it's when mine went click, it's like, well, okay, um, yes, sir. What am, um, and that's how I felt. You said I that felt, you felt like I felt pitiful. Mm -hmm. After after it was all said and done at that at that moment, after I'd, I'd say ten minutes had gone by, and I'm sitting there just absolutely just a blubber mess of nothing, and thinking to myself, "You sorry piece of garbage, you just tried to take your life and leave your kids with a mess to clean up." It's like, how selfish is that? And at that moment, I said, and I told God, I said, I will never, ever think about or even attempt it again. And like I said, fast forward one year, one year, and I'm in deeper than I was the year before. And it never crossed my, my mind. That's, wow. That's amazing. And That's amazing. It, it, well, it's God. It, well, it was God. Yeah. I mean, he he <laughs> he has kept yeah. me alive more than more times than I can actually remember. It's it, two other times due to surgical er errors, um, medical overdoses. First time mm -hmm. was nine seconds. Okay, people with sleep apnea have that issue um, sometimes, but the second time was thirty-one seconds. I was clinically dead, which means I had no heartbeat and I was not breathing. Mm -hmm. So when I find out, I find that out after I pull the trigger. Long story on that one, but it and that happened two years before I pulled the trigger. Grateful, thankful, blessed, beyond. It's I told God I said when I was in that deepest darkest hole, and I am literally sitting un, under a heater vent for or a exhaust vent for a, a soup kitchen soup kitchen i'm underneath the exhaust vent to stay warm that night and it's 15 degrees and it never crossed my mind pulling the trigger and everything else is god knew kept me here for a reason yeah and yeah. it and so now i <laughs> july of 2020 the good Lord slapped me upside the head and said, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. So and, once you had that experience in um, 2016, in 2016, you had the experience where you tried to take your life and then you were homeless, but you knew after taking your life that, that one of the things that you said right away was that you knew God had a purpose for you. You knew God had something for you. So you've, 
go to 2022. Tell us a little bit about X22 Adventures, how it came to be, and, and the kind of work that you do with the veterans. Well, um, X22 came about July 3rd of 2020 um, at 3, at 4.15 in the morning. Go to the bathroom and the biggest, brightest light I've ever seen. And, and at that instant, I was given an assignment. And that assignment was to create X-22 Adventures. Why? At that moment, I didn't know. What was X-22 Adventures? I, I kind of had an idea, but how that was, what I had in my mind and what I'm thinking um, was, is from to what we're doing now is way beyond left field. It, it all started by me talking to another friend, another vet that started a nonprofit himself. And he, I told him my story. He said, I need to start one. And I said, no, I, I, I said, once I get my leg, I'm going fishing. That's what I'm <laughs> going to do. I got a dog. Only thing I have to worry about is a dog and a truck. And it's like, okay, let's go. I'm going to travel the United States and fish, do a podcast or do a YouTube thing. A one leg, the one legged man dog fishing. I mean, I, hell, I, that's what I was thinking until july 3rd and july 3rd it was this assignment of x-22 adventures to help help veterans to slow down the suicide rate and that's how the x-22 actually what it means crossing out the 22 suicides a day and that's pre-covid numbers um, due to covid the average is 27 a day for veterans and then you have public safety in there um it's another 10. So you were, right now, we're losing, on the average, 37 people that serve the country or the community taking their life because they can't get out of their head what their eyes have seen or their ears have heard. And me and Bill have, we know what our, what have our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard. And it's heart-wrenching. It, it, it's, I mean, it's heart-wrenching. And to deal with that on a daily basis, um, and for me, it didn't really start until after I was completely away from the fire department. While I was doing it, man, I was doing my job. They loved me at the fire department because of, I was a bull in the china shop when it comes to fighting fire. When a CPR comes in, they loved me because I could sit there and do chest compressions for hours upon hours and it didn't bother me. Once, once that was over with and i was told i could no longer do the job all hell breaks loose the dreams the dreams start the sounds you start hearing at nighttime the the things that your brain remembers that your eyes have seen i mean it, it just and then you start thinking about another one and then another one and then another one then of course then the night is over with and here comes daytime and it's like man and you stay awake and you do that for two or three days at a time and you become a walking zombie and then you become a royal pain in the butt to everybody once i was able to understand that the good lord put me has put me through i i, I take that back he didn't put me through he allowed things to happen over the last 22 years 23 years 23 years 
for me to get to this point to where I'm able to say to a veteran or a cop or a firefighter or a paramedic, whoever that's been involved with this type of work, I, I can tell them that there's nothing that they cannot tell me that would surprise me one bit because I've been there. And I look at them, I say, then I, I said, I take that back. I said, there's only one thing I cannot say that I've done. And that's put a needle in my arm. Other than that, um, it's went up my nose, in my, under my gums. Oh, yeah. I, just to get rid of the pain quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, am I proud? Am I proud of that? No, not at all. Uh, did I know what pain pills would do to me when I started them? Oh, yeah. And I did my, I mean, I fought tooth and nail. But when you have surgery after surgery after surgery and you're on pills for, at that time, it was seven years. When it, from, from the beginning of the first surgery to this end of the last one was a seven year period that I was on some type of narcotic 24 seven. So that, um, that tells you right there, I'm going to be addicted to them. And mm -hmm. of course, then the pain continued for the next eight years no the pain continued a lot longer than that but my mind and body said to heck with this I, i'm hurting i'm taking the pills the pills aren't hurting helping so why am i taking them anymore and i told my doctors i said i'm quitting them this is what we're going to do and i was on some heavy stuff when i tell people what i was on it was it's um it's crazy 120 yeah. milligrams of percocet 120 milligrams of methadone and 160 milligrams of oxycontin a day did you and did you lose I, your leg in combat steve did you lose your leg in combat no i did not um no sir it, it simple accidents um the first one was in the air force i cracked my kneecap I fell into a valve box and my knee hit the valve. It split the kneecap into three pieces. They fixed the kneecap. Bone fragments was in the cartilage that didn't get taken care of. I get out of the service and become a firefighter and fast forward 12 years and a simple slip in oil. And that's all she wrote. And tear the knee completely yeah. up. And once that was done, there was nothing they could, I mean, it was, well, if work comp would have done what they're supposed to have done at the very beginning, I might not have been in this situation. But then again, the good Lord allowed things to happen to get me to where I'm at now for yeah. X-22. Yeah. Because losing a limb has its own its own grief. With, yeah. Real quick with the losing the limb. Um, I voluntarily have my leg cut off. If, yeah. When I tell people that, they kind of look at me and it's like, are you crazy? And it's like, well, it's either that or I'm going to go down that dark path again. And mm -hmm. it was the best decision I ever made. I took the leg. Two weeks later, I'm ha I'm completely out of pain for the first time in 21 years. So do I regret no. it? No, no. Yeah. Now, do I regret falling and giving people uh, opportunities to take pictures and film my stumbles and falls and yeah i think that's hilarious actually <laughs> hey, hey again it, it, again it gives us it gives us something to laugh about 
uh, when we're talking about stuff that most people would like, really? And that it gives us that opportunity when we are talking about that those dark days and something silly, stupid happens. The next time you go to thinking about those dark days, you'll automatically think about that silly, stupid something happened and you don't think about the bad stuff. Bill's yeah. a teacher. And he understands. So it's, it's crazy. Maybe Bill talk a little bit about how did you get involved with um, with Steve? How did you get to know Steve and involved and then come to work with uh, X-22? Rough. Uh, a couple months before uh, I retired, I retired in June of uh, 2020 from the police department. I spent 35 years there, uh, the last 21 in major crimes, saw a lot of a lot of bad stuff. And I've since learned and, and realized that when God created man, he didn't, it was not his plan for us to see any of this. We, Adam and Eve were perfect and there was no death. There was no rotting flesh. There was no bullet holes. There were no, I mean, I, I worked one case where a man literally cut his own throat to kill himself. Yeah. And I, I'll never, you know, some memories go to the back of your mind where you just probably never see them again, but mm -hmm. memories are there. They don't go away. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff, um, what it, what it boils down to is, and, and to get to your question, I was at my doctor's because of an internal problem and it ended up that I had, um, uh, had to have nine inches of my colon removed. Uh, part of it was dead. It would have perforated, uh, could have died. But while I was in there with my personal doctor, not the surgeon or the stomach doctor, but while I was in there with her, she looked at me and said, so what are you doing for your PTSD? And I said, I can't have PTSD. I was never in the military. She said, okay, well, then I'll ask you again, what are you doing for your PTSD? You know, it was just a matter of fact for her. Um, I had never even considered it, but oddly enough, and I know me, oddly enough, it did not give me an excuse for my anger. Made me realize part of the reason why I was so angry. And Gail and I have been married 33 years, and she can tell you many a horror story about my anger have no idea where it started from other than the stories, you know, I, I told you earlier about my uncle and, and the things that I've seen and, and stuff like that. But some of that's just nature, just natural, the animals on a farm dying, mm -hmm. just natural. So when we moved forward to me retiring in the, in that time, Steve had gotten a hold of me and we had known each other from when he was younger and I had stopped him in, in, uh, in a traffic stop. And, of course, we didn't really know each other. It was just a traffic stop. And that's the only time we met. Yeah. Well, he had hit me up on Facebook. We friended each other. And he said, hey, I'm coming back from Michigan. When, when we get there, can I buy you lunch? And if you know anything about cops, we're all up for free food. That, that's <laughs> So that's I why I said what I said. 
so I, he, he knew how to get my attention, and he did. And I went, and he asked me if I could be a part of this. And he told me that, you know, we want to help vets with their PTSD. And, of course, I tell him a story about my doctor. And I knew nothing about it. I knew very, I, I know just enough. I know enough right now to get myself in trouble. But I know that it has a huge and often violent effect on people. That it's something that we need to face as a reality. That mental health is something that is because of many reasons, but probably the, the, the ugliest one is shame is pushed yeah. under the rug, particularly for men. I don't know anything about women. That's why I teach a man's class, men's class, because I don't know anything about women, don't understand them. And for men, it's, you know, buck up, men don't cry. That's the era I was raised in. Dad, dad taught yep. me that stuff because it was taught to him, who was taught to him, who was taught to him, and so on and so forth. It's just the nature of how things go. We teach what we know. So that's how I got in with them. And since then, I mean, I've seen, uh, what's the gentleman's name that's that got burned, blown up? Shiloh. Yeah, Shiloh Harris. He has uh, magnetic ears because they were blown off. Mm. So his fake ears are magnetic. Um, 70% of his body's burnt. But to see him, to have breakfast with him, I got to net for him his very first Lake Okeechobee bass because we got to take him out there. And the greatest photograph that we have of, of probably anything that we're ever going to do is on the way back in, him and his wife sitting in the front of the pontoon boat, the two seats up front, side, uh, not side by side, a little gap between them, and their hands are out holding each other's hand just looking out over this scene and and then you begin to realize enjoying, what, mother, enjoying mother nature right you begin to realize what you can do by simply taking somebody fishing yeah yeah and that's where you get the name right the x22 is the 22 veterans a day well, at the time well, well it's, it's it's the cross it's the cross the X-22 means to cross out the 22 suicides a day. And right, then you right. got the adventures part of it. It's like, you know what? Let's cross out them 22 suicides a day by taking some kind of adventure. For me, it's always I've always loved the outdoors and fishing. Hunting, yes, I get into a little bit, but fishing has always been my big thing. And it's like once a guy and how this all kind of came about when it the seed that was planted um in the va shelter that i was in for a few months one of the guys there comes up to me and said hey you're from florida right and it's like yeah he goes well let's go fishing it's like i ain't got a fishing pole i ain't going and he says well i do it's like no and we argued for a minute and anyhow he got my butt up to go fishing and long story short we put two five pound bass in the bucket in about a 30 minute time frame <laughs> Yeah. When we were told that those bass, nobody could catch them. <laughs> I'm from Florida. He's from Alabama. And it, it was it was a challenge when they said it couldn't be done. Well, we did it really quick. And yeah. that kind of put the seed, seed in me that, man, that was pretty fun. 
but I was still in pain with the leg and it just continuously got worse from there for a few more years. So, I mean, I had the opportunity to go fishing in a private pond that would, when I mean stocked with bass and shell cracker, you could almost throw a blank hook out there and catch something. It, it's that stocked. Yeah. So, I mean, if you just want to go out there and have fun, oh yeah, it, it absolutely blast. Probably catch 75 fish in a few hours. I had I could do that anytime I wanted to, and I did it twice in a three-year period. Twice. So that kind of tells you where my head and body was at. And mm-hmm. once the leg was gone, and I was actually able to think clearly for the first time in 21 years, it's like, wow, holy cow, this is what it feels like to have no pain at all. <laughs> I was I was in I was almost like a little kid, giddy about it well I, I take that i was giddy about it because i like shiloh says with him the day that he got blown up that's the day his new birth certificate is hmm. he, he was reborn that day because he should have died i kind of feel the same way the day they took my leg february 10th of 20 it was like they took it and Four hours later, I'm sitting there, and I'm in half the pain I was when I walked in the door. And part of what we did is Steve got with me, and I understood what the purpose of X-22 was. And he said, Bill, if, if we come together on this, he said, what I'd like to see is it include first responders that way we have just started started the bottom of the food chain that's that begins every call dispatch then you go to the officers who call in the medics who call in um crime scene you got all these people that see death on a on a very regular basis that see human trauma on a very regular basis. One particular case stopped me in my tracks and I and they literally had to assign somebody else to it, and that was a baby that was beaten to death. To see this and and to do it over and over and over again. It's no wonder that so many of us turn to alcohol. That's legal. See, I can drink all I want to as long as I don't come to work drunk. And as long as I don't drive drunk and commit a crime, I can drink all I want to. The drugging, it happens. I know it does. I I get it. Yeah. Um, Crime, yes. Wrong, yes. The drinking, wrong. It's, It's not the answer to the problem. We are a Christian organization. We profess Christ as the answer to these problems. We also recognize that for some people, for all people, they need Christ, but for some people, they also need medication. For Steve, the beauty is his situation is that, and and I have very little, like I said, I have very little knowledge, just enough to get me in trouble. Steve knows how to guide them to the VA to get help. 
which is, a, and, and Bill, I got to tell you this, I, since I've gotten in with X-22, I've heard the horror stories. Randy was one of them, and he went there just to talk to somebody, and they kept him for over 30 days. They institutionalized him. Thanks, yeah. You know, and he just wanted to talk to somebody. And then you had the other guy that Steve told you about who couldn't get somebody to talk to. So you have two ends of the gamut there that that literally drive these people to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's also part of the human condition. Yeah. We're we're never going to get this 100% right until we're home with the Lord, until we're in heaven, um, until this all ends and God creates all the new. But, and I, you know, I, I firmly believe that. But in the meantime, our point of this whole thing is to attempt to help. Whatever that means. If it gives them one extra day of happiness, great. Yeah, you, you know, in my experience, the thing that I learned the most was that everybody grieves differently. And it seems like you, you guys show up. And that's the main thing is just to be present and available. And, you know, I, I remember in your, looking at your website and the mission statement, basically that you're going to, you know, help the veterans through the outdoors. In the yeah, show okay. notes, but it, and it then, seems of course, that on this, on this side, one 800 273-8255 is the Suicide Prevention Hotline. And I'll say it again, 1-800-273-8255. And if anybody watches this, please know that your life is important. No matter where your head is right if, now, your life and is here, here, Here's the thing with call that. Call the number. It, Get some if help. You don't want to call, if you don't want to call that number, but you still want to talk to somebody, my phone on that that number on that card, which is 863-801-7729, that phone is on 24-7. And it is <clears throat> dedicated to X-22 coming out of my own pocket to prevent guys going down that road. And to date, we've had, I've had three that I've helped. Uh, unfortunately, the the hurts and the losses that I couldn't help are more than that. Um, but it's yeah. a learning curve for all of us. Yeah, and we're not counselors by no means whatsoever. No, when we not get out on or when we say, tell when we tell people, okay, let's go fishing, and they say, okay, what are we going to do? And it's like we're going to go fishing. Well, is that yeah, it? We don't yep, talk about that's it. it. They, they, we're, they're all we're there for when I tell people what we do is we take y'all fishing veterans and anybody that's in public safety first responders we take y'all fishing for free just to say thank you for what you've done that's it yeah that's our, 99, that's our mission 99, to just 99 percent of the time we have no knowledge that they're having any problem related to self-harm or suicide in any way, shape, or fashion. What, we're, nope. what we normally are looking at um, is a person that looks fine. Occasionally, we've had somebody who's missing, you know, a leg, missing ears, missing, you know, burnt up, whatever. 
Um, but more often than not, veterans don't necessarily have anything that you can see. It's right. it's up here. It's what they're thinking is. And yeah. of course, at church we call it stinking thinking. But yeah, it's you know for for the veteran and for the first responder, including dispatch. I mean, they hear the screams and everything on the phone. Oh yeah, and they're on the phone with this person who's hiding in the bedroom, just hoping for hope's sake that the cops get there in time. And then they go home and try to deal with their own kids, you yeah. know, without it having any effect whatsoever, because yeah. that's work. This is home. And yeah. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. It's the thing with us. We, we get out there on the water and well, we tell them we are a Christian faith-based organization. We pray yeah. before we get out there and then we pray when we get done. And that's it. That's that's all we did do. And it, for how it kind of for us, the kind of the icebreaker for every time we go out is me with this leg. Well, what happened to you? Simple slip and fall. Took it. You didn't take you having an award. Nope, sure didn't. Again, I, here's my guilt that I that I feel that I don't deserve the stuff that I've gotten because it didn't happen during the war. <clears throat> and of course, yeah. Bill has made my, has made it to my, brought it to my attention many times and others have is you signed a dotted <laughs> line, didn't you? And yep. So, and he's right. He's right. I did sign that dotted line. And um, so, and that's where this all comes in. We did sign that dotted line. If it is to serve this country or if it is to serve your community to say, thank you for what you're doing. Now, when you throw the line in the water, you forget about everything else that's going on and you start cutting up and having fun. And then the questions come up, what happened? And then you start talking about this and that. And then they look at you and like, damn, all of that happened to you. Yeah, I don't feel so bad now. You know, when you take a, a first responder or a veteran, when you take anybody, when you take a teacher, out fishing and they see they, they they're paying attention to their sandwich and then they look and they go where's my bobber <laughs> wait a minute where's my bobber you know they're not thinking about what happened at school they're not thinking about what happened in iraq they're not thinking about what happened at home last night nope there's a joy on their face that we found, and I'm sure there's other places, but you surf, you play a guitar, yeah. you know, so you found other things that do that, but I don't play a guitar and I don't surf. I fall, but I don't surf. And, <laughs> but, but the, you know, the reality is we see it on their faces and we hear it. We had a little kid the other day that caught the biggest fish <laughs> of all of us the whole day. And his mom, his mom is a deputy. So she was one of the well, ones we that well, he took initially eight months ago. Yep. And when he caught that fish, I mean, he was beside himself. And end of the day, you know, I caught the biggest fish today. And and here's this joy on his face. He's just glowing. And that's what and we the, see. And mama smiling. Yeah. And, and mama, who she's got all these photographs and everything. And, of course, it just brings joy to her heart. 
around all the crap that she saw. And the next day, the next day I talked to her. No, last night she comes to work at five o'clock this morning and all day she's been going around picking up bullet casings from a shooting that two gangs came together, started shooting at each other. And part of it was around a golf course and this, that, I mean, just crazy stuff that she sees that she deals with, but she gets to look at that picture of her kid and that grin on his face from us taking them fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I mean, that, that's, that's, and see, that's, that's where for me, I, and I know it is with Bill too. For me, that's where my healing, mm, excuse me. That's where I get my joy. It, it's watching others get that smile on their face, have that funny squeal when <gasps> they catch something. It, it, and at the end of the day, if they ain't caught nothing, you still had a fun time doing something. And it's, you can breathe. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, the the way, see, that's the easiest way. That's the easiest way I can I can breathe. Yeah. When we go out in the boat, Steve's the captain and I'm the bait boy. <laughs> and we don't care. Yeah. We, get, no. we get we get as much joy as they get because we get to see their faces. Yep, they don't sure. get to see their faces. Yeah. You know, they don't get to see that. They yeah. get to see the photograph which is kind of a stage thing. Okay. Smile, you know, yeah. but we get to see it while it's happening. You know, there yeah. for us, that, that helps solve it for it's us. Every time. Something good for somebody. Yeah. How do you get there the you people go. to come? Do they contact you? Do you contact them? Do you reach out and say, Hey, we want to take yes, your fish no. in. I'm going to say yes. Is, to word is word of mouth starting to get good? It, it, it's yes it's a little above. bit of everything. <laughs> um, I, I belong, I say I, as a veteran, um, I belong to a group on Facebook. It's called the Fallen Outdoors. And it was actually started in Oregon. And it has now, it started yeah. in Oregon and it's worked its way throughout the entire United States. And now we've got regions. we got the entire Southeast. And each state has a mm -hmm. president, I guess you could say, or whatever. And he is over on the West Coast that that's kind of how it gets word of mouth um another one is the uh i belong to another air force organization on facebook that we report the suicides unfortunately we've had three in the last week week and a half again it it's word of mouth and podcasts like this i've done this is now be the fourth one i've done podcast and it's handing out cards. It just word of mouth is the biggest one. Yep. Yeah. But now that we're on Facebook with the Fallen Outdoors, we are getting noticed a little bit more. And getting people coming to the website from not only the United States, but outside the United States. If you know, if, whoever listens to this, if you know someone that is a first responder or um, in the military, and they're having issues with their feelings and you're afraid for them. Yeah. They're, they're probably going to be mad. They're probably going to be just royally pissed off 
if you if you call about them. Yeah. But if you don't, it's it's not something that you should have to live with. Just do it. And what I'm going to say, I mentioned those two, but if if you if anybody out there that sees this knows anybody who is dealing with emotions, is dealing with life, is not doing well with all that, call. See if you can get them some help. Call your pastor. Call If you're not sure, call a pastor. Call somebody that they respect. Get somebody going to them to that's responsible, that, that will be able to make decisions to help them. And that's that's the that that's the crux of this whole thing. Men of Sorrows finding joy. What a glorious name! Yeah, it really is. It's a glorious title. It really is. Want to be? I you know I I'd love to be a part of this thing because there's so much that we as fellow human beings, we as Christians, have to offer. That you know, what else are we going to do in life that matters than love another person to safety and home to their loved ones? Um, and that's what it really boils down to that they're safe and they're with their loved ones. And it really that's what it boils down to is knowing that these people that we touch in our lives, however we touch them, whether we take them fishing or whether we guide them to a church that they're looking for whether we tell them a joke and they're happy or we open a door for somebody that hasn't had a door open for them in years. Just being being loving towards another person is so important. And and if they need help, guide them to somebody. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the thing too that I really see with, with your ministry, you think about what um, we learned in, in, in our doctrinal stuff, the Alpha series, about, you know, helping the suffering. One of the main things John told me all the time was it's just your presence. It's just your presence that's going to comfort that people. And, you know, you bring the, the men and women out there on the water and they have an opportunity to open up or not open up and just enjoy all of that. And I'm sure they get a lot of peace, but I'm sure your just your presence and your willingness to love them like that unconditionally in your actions and your deeds brings a lot of, a lot of comfort. And um, I'm going to put all your information in the in the show notes to tell people where to get in touch with you. But x22adventures.org. Steve gave the phone number uh, out before. You have the website. You're on Facebook. They can look it up on Facebook. We'll be praying for your ministry. And for me, someone that lost a veteran to suicide, this is near and dear to my heart. And I really appreciate you guys, what you're doing more than you know. You know you're very welcome. Yeah, It's our know. pleasure to do it. It's the good Lord's put it on my heart. Yeah. And so I'm following where it leads me. Yeah. <laughs> From Amen. where I, I thought this was going to start to where we are right now is a thousand miles apart. In my pea brain mind, I thought to myself, well, uh, there's Okeechobee, Martin, St. Lucie, and Indian River County. That's our little four-county district. 
that's what I had in mind. That's what I was going to do. There was enough fire department and cops and EMTs and all of that to cover for the rest of my life. I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that went sideways pretty quick. Um, and I'm thankful for it again. The good Lord knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, it, so he's put me in this position. Um, I still get to go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, hey, but well, I have to say the best part about it is, isn't that I just get to go fishing. I have actually had the opportunity to go fishing in multiple places that I wouldn't have normally. Yeah. And yeah. it didn't cost anything. Yeah. But I mean, for this out here, it's costing, I mean, for me and Bill, he's put a lot of money into this. Um, our, out of our own pockets, it's quite a bit, but oh, I'll continue. And that's something that we need to make clear. All you got to do is get to us. Yeah. There, yep. we have a, a very, very small, it's, it's very simple application. If you don't want to do it yourself, call Steve, he'll do it for you. Um, he'll fill it out for you. Um, it's just so we have a record of who, who we take. And um, and it doesn't cost you a dime. All you got to do is get to us. We buy the bait. We have the fishing poles. You don't even have to. If you don't want to bring your own fishing poles, don't. Just we'll, show we'll up. Plenty. And um, so it's you know that people need to know. Well, yeah, I'd love to do that, but I can't afford it. I get that. We understand. Yep. All you got to do is get to us. That's all. Yeah. And if that's an issue, and you're close enough, we'll deal with that. And the crazy thing is that with this, I mean, yeah, we, we want to help our local people, but yeah. <laughs> we, we've taken we're going. out now, uh, we've had five trips and three of the five trips have been, no, yeah, three of the five trips have been from people from out of state, Oklahoma, Texas, Minnesota, and Kentucky. <laughs> wow. That's who we've taken out. Yeah, awesome. And so, so the word is getting out in in crazy ways, and yeah. again, the good Lord knows what He's doing, and He's putting things in our path, in my path, I should say, more than anything else, to slow me down a little bit. We're finding out what we can and can't do, yeah. and yeah. what the the big thing is is you show up. I guarantee it. We, I, I will not guarantee we will catch one single fish. I will never guarantee that. No, that's why they I will guarantee though. Laughing. I guarantee it. You will be laughing at some point in the day. You probably will be crying at some point in the day, and there might be some point in the day you're going to be crying and laughing at the same time. And at the end of the day, you shake hands, hugs, five fives, whatever, and you've made lifelong friends. And you, you like, have. That's like Shiloh Harris. Yeah. It's yeah. that man is absolutely what he does and for who he does it for is absolutely amazing. And for us to have been to be invited to be ambassadors to be a part of the home homes for heroes. I had to think there for a minute. With the Lee Greenwood Foundation. We're ambassadors for them and we had the opportunity to give away three homes in Nashville, Tennessee on the 20th anniversary of 
I got to have a 45-minute conversation with Lee Greenwood himself. Paula Dean paid for our supper. And again, none of that would have happened if it wasn't for X-22. I mean, plain and simple. It would not have happened. I have been in more places over the last two years with X-22 than I have been in the last 15. (laughs) Yeah. Am I happy? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Well, Let's Bill, go. I'm going to tell you, thank you for having us on here. Yes, today. absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for allowing us to go on and on and on. You know, I get long winded, but that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's really, um, like I said, I really appreciate what you're doing and I'm looking forward, you know, to seeing some of the feedback we get from this and hopefully some people will come your way. Anybody with, you know, the PTSD, all of that, There's, it's more common than we know. Um, and I really think that, uh, I, don't, I just get a feeling that there's going to be a, a lot more coming your way and it's going to be good. And I love yes, I do too. And I've been telling Bill with this, it's, it's, I said, I told him, I said, you do realize, I said, when we really, really start doing and working X-22, I said, you realize our fishing days are going to be very limited. We will be on the phone. Where are you at? I'm in Atlanta heading that direction. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't care if I'm getting the word out and slowing that number down. That's what I want to, that, that's what I'm putting yeah. for. For us, all of it, all of it again is to, in the end of the day, say thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's that simple. Um, yeah. a lot of people try to make it m- more than it is. It's, it's to say, thank you. It's to get your mind off of whatever you're thinking for a minute or two or an hour or forever. Yeah. Um, there is the never forever, <laughs> <laughs> but for us, it's the smiles and this when we're talking about those situations and stuff, all of a sudden somebody catches a big fish or makes a rude comment or whatever it is. And then you've got the whole boat laughing hysterically. And the next time you think about whatever that was that was bringing you down that dark road, you're going to think all of a sudden you go back to that funny, whatever happened. And you forget about the bad things. Yeah. Yeah. And the more that happens, the easier it is to deal with PTSD. Yeah. When you begin to realize it's not as bad as you thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're providing a very healing environment. Very healing environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, the good Lord put us, (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. I don't want to quote the Bruce Blues Brothers, but we're on a mission from God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and on that note, we'll we'll wrap it up, but we'll be in touch. I'll probably have you guys back and we'll talk some more. Like I said, all the information is going to be in the show notes to reach out to Steve and Bill. Keep the faith. And like Bill said, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to others. No. We're not alone and we're responsible to one another. In, in God's universe and in God's love. So amen. Amen, amen. and amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed that 
discussion as much as I did. There's one thing that I wanted to make clear when Steve had mentioned somewhere towards the middle about um, he thought that the person was in hell because they committed suicide. He was referring to his mindset at the time. We do not believe that. I do not believe that. In fact, God is, there's nothing that he can't handle. And your loved one that took their life, they gave their life back to God and they're secure and safe in the God of the universe's arms, the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, the creator of the ends of the earth, has them safe and secure in his arms. We will get much more into that as this podcast unfolds. So stick with us to hear the good, beautiful news. God bless you. Remember his strength is made perfect in weakness and nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus.